Good morning, New Life Manitou. I'm so glad you came to worship with us this morning. We are in the second week of Advent, and the invitation this morning is to just come and let the Lord renew your strength as you worship Him. So would you all stand with me? We're gonna sing this together. Come, Lord Jesus. He's waiting for you. So let's come to Him with open hearts this morning.
grace to trust you more this morning. Show us where you are at work. We know that you promised that you would never leave us and that you're with us to the end of the age. So Lord, that means that you are here. Even when we don't see you working, we know that you are with us, Lord. Emmanuel, God with us, God made flesh. Lord, thank you for coming. We recognize you here with us this morning. Awaken our hearts to the wonder of this season and give us grace to trust you in the waiting. You are here. You are here. 
so grateful this morning, New Life Manitou, that Jesus is Emmanuel. He is God with us right now. He's here. He's here with us as we've been singing. What a joy. As we're celebrating this month of Advent, the coming, the arrival of Jesus, who is Emmanuel, this weekend is the weekend of peace. So as we lean into this idea of peace, we all know how much we need that with what's going on around us, what's going on within us. We need peace. And I'm so grateful that Jesus is peace in Isaiah 9, 6. The arrival of this Messiah, who is Jesus, it says he will be our wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, and the prince of peace. The one who rules with peace, the one who reigns his kingdom with peace. And so because we are part of his kingdom, we can have his peace. Because he dwells with us, we can have his peace. And as this is, you know, the Christmas time of this year and all the stuff that's happening this month, there's a parade in Manitou tonight. Uh, my, my daughter just had her Christmas uh, concert, choir concert, and they sang this song called Dona Nobis Pachem. You remember that song? Super old song. Um, and it's Latin, so I said, well, let's look up the words because you don't really know what you're singing. <laughs> and it means grant us peace, grant us peace. And so I just wanted to take a moment as we are thinking on this, um, this peace of Jesus this morning, if you would, if you're willing to just put your hand on your heart and close your eyes for a moment. And I just want you to breathe in and breathe in that truth. We breathe in the peace of Jesus. And as you breathe out, we breathe out the peace of Jesus. And let's just do it one more time. Jesus, we breathe in your peace and we breathe out your peace. For what's going on inside of you this morning, for what's going on around you this morning, we breathe in the peace of Jesus. And you know that song, Dona Nobis Pachem, was written in 1936 after World War I, as the tensions were rising of World War II. And I feel like we can pray the same prayer with the things that we're walking in today. So may the Lord grant us peace. May you know that he is the Prince of Peace. As we turn our attention to giving this morning, we're gonna keep singing about this God that is with us. And there are four ways to give. They're up on the screen there. So I'm just gonna pray into our offering pray into this peace and we'll continue in worship. Father God, we are so grateful this morning to come into the house, the house that dwells in peace because you are here. And Father, you know what people brought in this morning, what they're carrying, whether it's external weights of the world, if it's a storm inside of them. But Jesus, we ask for your peace in this place. You are the Prince of Peace. And we thank you that you brought something the world could never offer us. You brought us peace, true peace, lasting peace, peace that makes no sense in the midst of our circumstance. 
And I pray that over my brothers and sisters this morning. Grant them peace in all things, God. You are worthy of our worship because of that peace. And we pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. You for worshiping with us this morning. At this time, um, the kids can be dismissed to go to their classes. The rest of you turn and greet one another. A special welcome to new visitors this morning. We would love to meet you and give you a gift at the end of the service, so make sure you get that. Thank you.
Good morning, New Life Manitou Springs. Good morning. Merry Christmas. You can say Merry Christmas back. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Good to see all of you. Hey, uh, just a shout out to those of you watching online. I know the Duncans are watching online. Hi, Duncans. And the Myatts are watching online. Uh, they've been out of the hospital. And so uh, it's good to have this method of preaching the gospel online. So thank you all for being here. Merry Christmas. Uh, it's good to be back. We, uh, I was gone for two weeks, and my wife, uh, the worship leader, uh, we went to Minnesota to see family, and it was absolutely wonderful. Uh, a big thanks to Erica's parents who watched three of the four boys, and then we took just Theo, who's here right now. We got to take him on a special trip, just mommy, daddy, Theo, and I'll tell you a little bit about that trip later. But it was so wonderful to come back and hear great reports from the preaching uh, while we were gone two weeks, from the worship leaders, Scott and Laura, and then Laura Russell, and from all the volunteers, the Wallers in the back on sound system right now, and all of you either helping out with communion or helping out to set up and tear down, and all the things that need to happen to be a church. It's wonderful to come back and have great reports. So, uh, some exciting news. Uh, do you want the good news first or the better news first? The better news, all right, here's the best news, uh, is that New Life North, many of you know that we are a daughter congregation from New Life North on the north end of town, and 16-something years ago, we went into debt for the building, and it's an incredible facility. Uh, if you've never been to New Life North, you, you have my permission uh, to take a Sunday and, and go visit New Life North on a Sunday morning. It's awesome. It's beautiful. It's, it's huge. They seat, I don't know how many thousands of people up there, a lot more than us, and just this last weekend, uh, uh, we've been chipping away at the debt, move the mountain campaigns over the last 16 years. That debt has been paid in full. And so praise the Lord. Uh, I've been on staff since 04. And I just remember like that, that's just always been a part of our history of like be, having this great building, but needing to pay it off. And so can you imagine, some of you can and are in this situation, not having a mortgage and what that would do to free up funds on a monthly basis for giving and for dreaming and for vision and for visions that like we can be a part of as New Life Manitou. Like, like what's the Lord have in store for us long term? And what's our building situation going to be like years from now? And that just opens up doorways and visions and dreams. So that's really good news. Uh, some more good news is that tonight is the Manitou Springs City Parade. It was supposed to be yesterday. We had cold, bad weather, so they moved it up to today. And so today is the Manitou Springs Christmas Parade at five o'clock. You can go and watch different floats go by. Or you could join us in the New Life Manitou Springs float. We have a little trailer out there. We're going to decorate it. We're going to go, listen to this. You ready for this? We're going to go through the city singing worship Christmas music, proclaiming that Jesus is the Lord, the Christ, the Savior of all. As people, like that, that's amazing. As people celebrate us going through town. And we are going to give out, we, we staple little candy canes to invitations. You did this last week. Uh, we stapled a whole bunch of them. So we need, uh, there's an opportunity for walkers. If you want to either, you could sit in the parade and, and practice your princess wave uh, in the float that we have. Or you, if you're able to walk the half mile, we would love to have you hand out and say Merry Christmas, uh, join us for Christmas Eve and hand out. Uh, we have hundreds and hundreds of invitations to give out tonight. So if you want to be a part of that, here's some specific details. Uh, go home, eat lunch, take a nap, 
Be back here right in our parking lot at 340. 340, be back here, and we'll load up onto the float. We will go drive through town. We'll go to the staging area, and then we'll go either, you'll either get to be on the float or you could be one of the walkers. Sound good? Praise God for this opportunity, right? Amen? Amen. Amen. So let's jump into this sermon for today. I've titled this sermon uh, a question. What is so amazing about Christmas? What's so amazing about Christmas? That's the title. I think we all know, everybody that I've talked to knows the answer in their head. What's so amazing about Christmas? Well, Jesus. Jesus is the reason for the season, you know that saying? Of course, we, we, we know that. Everyone I talk to just knows, oh yeah, Jesus. That's what's so amazing about Christmas. But I think there has been, ever since I've uh, been around and known Christmas, there's been a mission drift about what Christmas really is all about. And Christmas has become about other things. And we need, we need the reminder ourselves. We need to be the light and remind our dark world that Christmas, A, is amazing, and we need to proclaim what is so amazing about Christmas. We need to move our head knowledge into our heart knowledge of what just is so amazing about Christmas. So that's today's message. Would you stand with me? We're going to read the story. I love the King James Version of the Christmas story. So we're going to read the Christmas story, Luke chapter 2. We're going to look at the Luke version of this story in the King James Version, starting in verse 8. So if you're with me in your own Bibles, we'll have the, the, the verses up here as well. This is the story that separates all of time, all of the world. People talk about B.C. and A.D., and time is separated by this story. Let me read it for you. Luke 2, verse 8 says this, and there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night, and lo, an angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they, these shepherds, were sore afraid. It says, the angel said unto them, fear not, for I bring to you, uh, behold, I bring to you good tidings of great joy, which shall be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Four things there. Savior, Christ the Lord. And then the, the angels give a sign. And this will be the sign unto you. You shall find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. We all know from the story that's a feeding trough. You, you don't put a baby in a feeding trough. But here in this story, you'll find a baby in a very humble place, a feeding trough. And then verse 13, suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, like an army of angels, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. Would you bow your heads with me? Lord, we we know that this story is amazing. It's you come to this earth. And Lord, would you breathe in us, as we, as we, during the offering moment, breathed in and breathed out, Lord, would you shine your light inside of us so that we would be your reflectors, we would be your lamps showing your light into this dark world. Lord, remind us, first and foremost, of your presence, your goodness, of what is so amazing about Christmas so that we can live it out and we can show this world light in a dark place. Lord, we pray this in your name. 
Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and all God's people said, amen, amen. amen. You may be seated. Uh, so you remember the title of the sermon? Anybody remember the title? It's a question. Good job. What's so amazing about Christmas? Point number one is another question. Look how I worded it. I said, is it the most wonderful time of the year? You know the song, it's the most wonderful time. And then it goes, it's the hap, happiest time. Is it? Is it? There's people that love Christmas, and you and I probably don't really like those people. Like, these are the people. Just hold on. Just hold on. I know maybe some of you are like, where is he going with this? I'm not going anywhere. Uh, but but I, I have something to say. Uh, so there's people that, you know, like the argument, like you're not allowed to do Christmas stuff the week of Thanksgiving. You have to wait till after Thanksgiving. You know that argument? And people fight. Some people are amening that. Well, there's people that that whole argument doesn't even apply because in September, in October, when we're wearing shorts, they're talking about getting their Christmas tree up. They're talking about decorating. They're talking about being the first in line at Starbucks to get the mint mocha frappa lappuccino. Like, what's wrong? Like, these people are so excited about Christmas, and that's great. And so I'm not going to ask anyone if you don't like Christmas, but I think a lot of us would say like, yeah, we're just kind of getting through this holiday season. Again, we're not raising hands here. We're not judging anybody. But I think like the parties, the lines, unless you shop online, and it's perfectly okay to shop online if you don't love the people you're giving gifts to. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I just, people are booing me. It's okay. I'm, I'm kidding. But the, I think if we take a step back, you know, we're not allowed to say we don't like Christmas because then we'll be called a, a Grinch or a Scrooge. We, we don't want to be that. But I think just secretively, and I think I, all of you are kind of looking at me just kind of like, yeah, it's, it's the holiday seasons. It adds a lot. And there's extra parts to all of you who are introverts or like I talked to someone who is like dreading their work party. And they're like, man, I, I don't even like working with these people. And now I got to go to a party with them. And the lines and the hustle and the bustle and, and then the financial strains of Christmas. People are still paying off their Christmas uh, credit card bills from last year. Like this, it, it's, a, it's a time, it's a year, it's the time of the year where the, there is a lot of added stress. And so the first point is, is, is it the most wonderful time of the year. I want to give an argument that it is, but before I do that, I'll just mention two things I don't like about Christmas. Are, are you okay? Can I do that? Okay. Uh, <laughs> some of you are like really shook up right now. You're like, the title of the sermon is what's so amazing about Christmas. And then you proceeded to tell us what's not so amazing. And I'm doing that to help you like get into the shoes of, of many of us who are, would just say, yeah, it's, we're just surviving. Have you heard that, you know, that saying? We're just surviving through the holidays. We just want Christmas to be over. Many of you are in those shoes. And to that, I would say, well, maybe a lot of what you don't like about Christmas is the mission drift of what Christmas is supposed to be, but what it's not. And so here's, here's the first thing. I have two things about what I don't like about Christmas. Uh, the first one, and this one's no surprise. Here's a preacher talking about uh, a, a, the commercialism of Christmas, the consumerism 
of Christmas. Raise your hand if that annoys you as well. So, so yeah, it's, it's just a part of our American world. The Christmas has been hijacked by credit card companies and commercials and this pressure to get newer, better stuff. And, and, and we have all these you know, wish lists. And, and especially those of you who have kids or have grandkids or like little, like the pressures to like get them what they want. And they're coming up with lists and all this stuff. The consumerism, the, the culture of, of commercialism, that's of course what many of us, we just don't like that. Like the Black Friday sales and getting that's your shopping, the lines, the crowds. Like that's, I think what a lot of us would say, that's what Christmas is and that's what we don't like. And I'm here to remind us, well, that's not what Christmas is. Christmas has mission drifted away from the real meaning of Christmas. If that's what you think Christmas really is, is just the shopping and the gifts and the getting that's not what it is. So that's what I don't like about Christmas. The second thing I don't like about Christmas, and some of you are going to be like, oh, come on, uh, is, is I'm going to call it like the fairy tale, a folklore of Christmas that, that just kind of distracts from the real story. So what's the real story of Christmas? You know this, right? We just read it. Jesus being born in Bethlehem, right? So then you're like, wait, what? So, okay, so Jesus is born. He's wrapped in swaddling clothes. He's placed in a manger. So there's elves at the North Pole and a reindeer with a light-up nose. Like, how, what does it, can you imagine like an aliens coming to the, this world? And we're like, yeah, Christmas. It's, it's, and you begin to explain it. And you're like, yeah, I don't know why we do it. Yeah, what is that? Like, where in the world did some of these traditions come from? And I'm not right now as a preacher, like saying like that the elves and the reindeer, that's, that's Satanism. And, and I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like, I don't like it. It's, it's distracting. And I think we've, in our family, like with the kids, it's like a constant like changing topic. You know, we start talking about Rudolph or something. It's like, well, but you know, the real meaning of Christmas is actually Jesus. And it's a, it's a continual changing of the subject to remind us, to remind ourselves as we tell these stories that it really is all about Jesus. I wrote this statement down. Some of you like sermon nuggets. Anybody like a sermon nugget, like a one sentence, like write this down. You could uh, you, you know, uh, tweet this later if that's your thing. Uh, th- this is, really isn't my saying, but, but so- something I've been meditating on, that, that the real power of evil, so, so I'm, I'm saying like, like what's really evil in this world may not be the hot fangs of, of overtly satanic evil, but... The real power of evil may be the warm bath of distraction that lulls us to unconsciously live our lives far away from God. Like that, like when you think about like real evil and, and like the appearance of like the fangs of Satanism, you're like, whoa, that that who wants that? It's great, no way. But maybe the real power of evil is like what the Bible talks about, like a wolf in sheep's clothing, the warm bath of distraction. And so what I'm saying to you now is between now and Christmas, this this awesome, I'm saying it's an amazing time where we remember the true Jesus and him coming to earth. And that is amazing. And remembering what is so amazing about Christmas, we push away those things that are distracting us from the real Jesus of the Bible. Amen.
Amen. Amen. Uh, so l- let me kind of give you uh, this, this whole sermon and where I'm going. So I'm now going to turn a corner in just a minute and, and go to point two, which will be uh, the, the, what is so amazing about Christmas. But it really came from uh, last week, uh, Erica and I and little Theo, who's here, he, we were in New York City. So we got to, we, we all went to Minnesota, our family. We are so grateful that Erica's parents watched the three older boys. And then we have each, each one of them, we've gotten to take them on a little trip. And so this was Theo's turn. Hi, Theo. Hi. And we took Theo. We ended up in New York. The last weekend, we were in New York City. Uh, Erica has an aunt that has a really, uh, really nice place in Midtown Manhattan. So we were on Fifth Avenue in New York. And all 22 million other New Yorkers were also on Fifth Avenue in New York looking at the, the Rockefeller tree at Rockefeller Plaza. Has anybody seen that tree in real life? It's, it's beautiful. It's wonderful. And the, I've never, I've been to a lot of uh, countries and cities. I've never seen like an endless crowd of like sidewalk from building to road completely packed. Like you couldn't get, there's just like mobbing to, and I just heard again and again, People saying, like, I'm just trying to get home. And people were just on edge. And like, it's Christmas. It's like, I hate Christmas. Stupid tree. Like, everyone was just upset about Christmas. And I just thought, like, we need to remind ourselves that, that, that that's not Christmas. That, that Christmas is Jesus come to this earth, Savior of the world, and we need to remind ourselves. We need to remind our children. We need to remind our families. We need to remind our friends. We need to change the subject from all kinds of distracting things to the real meaning of Christmas. Amen? So here's the answer to the question. Here's point number two. Point number two is what's so amazing about Christmas? Uh, the answer is, well, that Jesus has come to this world. The birth of Jesus. He is what is so amazing about Christmas, and I have, uh, if, if that's what Christmas is all about, if that's what's so amazing about Christmas, that Jesus has been born, well, who is Jesus? Well, Jesus is the Savior of the world. That's the first thing. I have six of these. Jesus is the Savior of the world. Jesus is the messenger with a message of God's love. Jesus is the prophet to show the way to God. Jesus is the teacher who taught about God. Jesus is the example to demonstrate love, God's love. Jesus is, the sixth one here, Jesus is the Christ. He is the anointed one. And that's what's so amazing about Christmas, that Jesus, each one of these, we could say amen. Amen. He's the Savior. He's the messenger. He's the prophet. He's the teacher. He's our example. He is the Christ. Amen, 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 and amen. There's six of these things. We could say amen to each one, right? But there's something missing from this list. And if you're looking at this, it's like, what, what's he talking about? I guess there's a lot of things missing, but there's something really glaringly missing from this list. Because I think in our world today, people talk about Christmas and they talk about the coming of baby Jesus and they say, oh yeah, he's the, he's the savior, he's a good teacher, he's, he's you know, just taught us love, he's a prophet, he shows us the way to, to really live and the way to God. He's, he's an example. Yes, Jesus is this great uh, religious figure in the world today. People... They like Jesus. They especially like baby Jesus, and they like the idea of Christmas, but there's something missing from this list. And if you're like, well, where, are you, where are you going with this? What, what is missing from the list? I'm about to maybe like blow your mind on what like the real amazingness of Christmas 
the last thing that has to be on this list. Yes, Jesus is all these things, but he is fully God. Jesus is God. He, he is. He, he is an example. He is the teacher. He is the prophet. He is the way. He's, he's, he, but he's also fully God. And that's what makes Christmas so amazing, that Jesus Christ is God. I'm going to go into a whole sermon on this point next week. But that's what is so amazing about Christmas, that, that, that God didn't just send a prophet, a messenger. I wrote it this way, that prophets are messengers, whether it's an Old Testament prophet, New Testament prophet, modern day prophet. Prophets are messengers with a message from the message sender. It's like, what's a prophet? What's, what's, what's this? Well, a prophet is someone who has a message from the messenger, God. Do you know who Jesus is? Jesus is the messenger. He's the message, and he's the message sender. He's the message, he's the messenger, and he is the one who sent the message. He is fully God himself, and he is fully one of us. One of us, fully, fully God. Amen? The last point of this sermon is this, that God has come as one of us and invites us to his table. God is one of us. Uh, God has come as one of us. Let me say this very correctly. God has come as one of us and invites us to his table. That's who we believe Jesus is. Jesus is fully God and fully he became one of us, wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And he, throughout his ministry, led his disciples to the moment of when he was betrayed and, and, and gave the last supper and broke bread and said, this is my body. And we're about to do that. We do that every Sunday. We're going to come forward and receive these elements. And the best way I can think to, to describe this last point, which is God has come as one of us and invites us to his table, is, is with a story. And, and to show us that this, we're not just looking back at Christmas 2,000 years ago saying, oh, Jesus came, and it's a story we remember. It's, it's a story we remember, and we believe that's happening right now, that this invitation to God's table is here and now. Amen? So let me tell you uh, a story. So this story, it uh, happened in the late 90s, uh, 1999-ish. I was a college student, and I was going uh, to Weber State University in Ogden, Utah. And right off, off campus was this little coffee shop. It was called Grounds for Coffee. And a couple times a week, me and my friends would just meet up. It was like our hangout, like where we would meet up. It was like, you know, like the episode of Friends where they're like all hanging out in the coffee shop. Like that was my life. A couple times a week, I'd be at this coffee shop. My friends would be there. We all went to this great church. It was called Washington Heights Baptist Church. And we would meet up at this coffee shop and we'd study our Bible. Like I'd have my journal. I'd have commentaries. Someone else like, hey, it's Joe. What's up, man? Can I sit with you? Yeah. And we just knew each other. And they would pull out their Bibles and journals and commentaries. And we would talk about the Bible. We would talk about scripture. It was just a wonderful time of my life and, and, and growing up and being a young man in college. And, and throughout the, the, the year or so that, that I, I was there uh, before I moved here to Colorado, uh, we got to know quite a few people at this coffee shop. And one of the groups of people that we got to know were these three guys uh, from the Middle East. They were uh, 
different, different countries, but they were exchange students at Weber State, and they started coming to this coffee shop. There was three of them, and one of them was from Turkey, and I got to tell him that, that I was born in Turkey because my dad, who's here, was in the Air Force. He was stationed at Inchluk Air Force Base, and so I was born in Turkey, so I told this guy who was from Turkey that I was from Turkey, and he was just like, my brother, we're from the same place. I was like, yeah, sure, whatever, uh, and he was just so excited. Like he, Here he is, an exchange student with these other, uh, he found these other friends also from the Middle East, and all three of them had in common that they had come from Muslim backgrounds. They, their families were Muslim. All their friends were Muslim. Their, their home, their family life at home, they were Muslim, but all three of them had given up on the Muslim faith. They weren't Muslim anymore. They were all pretty staunch atheists. Like, like there's agnostics who are just like, ah, I'm doubtful. I'm not that passionate about it, but all three of these guys were pretty staunch atheists, meaning they wanted to argue. And so me and my friends uh, began friendships with these three guys from the Middle East, and it started off with, like, discussions. Oh, what do you believe? Oh, so you have a Muslim background. What's that about? And it started off very friendly, and we got into discussions. And then throughout the weeks, it kind of got more into debate. Like, when we see these guys and start talking to them, it went into, like, debate mode. And then I'm very sad to say that then it, like, from there, escalated into just, like, fighting, fighting with our words. Every time we saw these guys, every time they saw us, we would, like, have arguments ready and just be ready to fight these guys with our words. I remember they asked us, like, okay, so if your God is all-powerful, can he make, or maybe you've heard this argument, can he make a rock so big that he can't lift it? Have you heard that argument? It's like a philosophical, like Bible brain buster or something. And they would throw these arguments at us. It was like, yeah, well, well, what about this? And it was like, well, okay, what happened before the big bang then? Another bigger bang. And then what was before that then? There had to be something. To, and we would just go back and forth. And it was like, it was fight. I'm, I'm sad to say it wasn't, it left the realm of discussion and debate. And every time we saw these guys, it was like a fight. And it was, it was, it got, we got mad at each other. And one of my friends who was a little older, like he was maybe, maybe 10 years older than us, but kind of in our group of, of friends, he was like late twenties. We were like 19, 20 and he, uh, he, he got married really young and divorced. So he had two little girls with him and he was kind of like the leader of our little group and kind of like a mentor in a way. And, uh, he, his name is Jimmy and just a gr great friend, a guy, just a good a mentor kind of guy. He said, guys, we got to stop. Every time we see these guys, we're fighting. Like, how can we break this cycle? He said, we, we, you know what we should do? We should like have a meal with these guys. And, and we, he was like, in the Middle Eastern culture, when you eat a meal with someone, it's like a big deal. And you, you begin to be friends with them. We need fellowship with these. Every time we see them, we're fighting and we feel bad about we just our, our like tone and our interactions. Let's, let's have dinner with these guys. And so it was leading up to Christmas, Christmas week, is a let's have a meal with these guys. Let's have them over to our house. So we all went to Jimmy's house, his tiny little apartment, and his, his two little girls, and there's like four of us, and these three guys from the Middle East who are atheists. And, and we said, okay, we're not gonna talk about anything religious, anything philosophical. We're not, we're, the purpose of this dinner is fellowship. The purpose is to, to hang out and, and just have a meal together and, and not get into the arguments, to break this cycle of, of like us getting mad at each other. And so we decided, okay, when we go to sit down, we're not going to pray for the meal. We, we, it's like, okay, well, let's not pray for the meal because, you know, we, we're telling them the truth that we're having them over just to have a meal with them. We're not, 
going to open up in prayer and, and that lead to like, why are you praying now? You thought you said you were, you know, so we didn't want to deal with that. So we were going to do a toast. Uh, so I think Jimmy like stood up and said like, here's a toast of friendship. This is American Christmas meal. We're so glad you guys can join us. And they were like really honored because none of them could go back for the holiday. Like other, other exchange students and people in, in the college w- went back home during Christmas break. These guys couldn't afford to do that. So they just had nowhere to go. So here we are having an American Christmas meal with these guys sitting down at the table. We all sit down. One of Jimmy's girls, I think she's like five years old, says, stop, wait, wait. Wait, wait, we can't eat yet. Can't eat. We haven't prayed yet. And we're just like, oh no, oh no, abort, abort. What do we do? Like we just said, like we're not gonna pray. We had a plan, but the girls, they didn't hear the plan, so they didn't know. And so this little, this bold little five-year-old is like, stop, we need to pray. And she said, like what a bold little girl. She said, I'm gonna pick someone to pray. It's what she said. And we're all just like, oh gosh, what's about to happen? This is horrible. We're, gonna, this, we're just like, what's going to happen? And, and I think about that verse, uh, Psalm 8, out of the mouths of children and infants, you have ordained your praise to, to silence the foe and the, the evil that's in this world. And I just think, Children have a special place. And this little girl in this moment was like so bold. Stop, we gotta pray. And she said, I'm gonna pick someone to pray. And she looks at the guy that was from Turkey, says, I, I pick you, you, I want you to pray. And that guy, and we were like, oh my gosh, what's about to happen? Like, like this, this is horrible. This is like the worst case scenario. Uh, we talked through the plan and the girls didn't know the plan. So they're, oh gosh, we should have told the girls the plan. And so she picks this guy that was from Turkey. He says, I, I want you to pray. And he just kindly said, uh, no, why don't you, you go ahead and pray? And she says, okay, I'll pray. Everybody bow your head. And when a five-year-old says that, everyone bowed their head. And in a way that only a five-year-old can do, she prayed a simple little prayer. Lord, thank you for this table. Thank you for this food. Thank you for the three men that are joining us from the Middle East, Lord, bless them. Thank you for this meal. And she said, amen. And there was a, like a hush, a silent. We all looked up and like I had tears and my friends had tears and the three guys, they had tears in their eyes that this moment of, of welcoming around a table, a, a Christmas table was, was being extended to them. And, and you know the darndest thing? Like after that meal, we just kind of threw out invitations. Hey, would you ever want to come to church with us? And they said, yeah, we'll, we'll check it out. They came. And then, hey, would you want to come to youth group with us? And, and they came. One of them, we even said, hey, would you guys want to join? We're going to go on a, on a retreat, a whole weekend retreat. Our church youth group is doing a retreat. And the whole week, we're going to, you know, we, we ran down. Here's what's going to happen. We're going to have a lot of fun. The games we are going to see uh, is, is in uh, Moab, Utah. And we're going to worship. And there's going to be some sermons and stuff. We weren't hiding the fact that this was a church retreat. And one of them, the guy that was from Turkey, said, yeah, you know what? I got nothing going on that week. I'll join you. And he came. And he gave his life to the Lord. And I just think, the Lord, like, what gift we have in our hearts that the Lord has given us light that we might be the, the, the ones who are holding the lamp of God's light and love 
in this world. So all that to say, that, that point three, God has come as one of us and he invites us to his table. Would you stand with me? We're gonna sing one last song. The, the band can come forward. We're gonna sing this song, Hark. And it has this line, Hail the incarnate deity. It's high theology, big words, big theological words. Hail the incarnate deity. That's who Jesus is. He, he, he is the messenger. He is the Christ. He is the savior. He is the prophet. He is the teacher. And don't miss the most important thing on that list of things that Jesus is. He's God. He's the incarnate deity. We're gonna receive. The, the last point was God has come as one of us and he invites us to his table. So if you're serving communion, would you come forward to prepare the table? We have elements of bread and the cup. And we're gonna do like we, we do every week. If you're, if you're new here, you're invited to the Lord's table. This is not a, a new life man or two table. You don't have to be a member here. If you believe in Jesus, you can come to this table. The communion servers will say Christ's body and blood for you. And would you receive these little cups? Would you receive them and go back to your seat? And would you just hold it? Would you wait? Uh, Pastor Christine, Christine is gonna come back up and lead us into the moment of receiving the bread and the cup. But let me pray over this moment. Lord, we thank you that, that you, Jesus, are fully the one who we are praying to. You are God, the creator of the earth, the moon, the stars, the sky, the, the, the galaxies. Lord, you are the creator. You have no beginning, you have no end. And you came to this earth 2,000 something years ago as one of us, born into this world, wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, in a feeding trough, a humble way to come into this world, fully one of us. And we consider all our humanity and this world and the darkness that's in it. And Lord, you came into that world fully God, fully your, your divine being untainted by evil, untainted by sin. You came perfect incarnate deity into this world to not just show the way, but to be the way, the truth, and the life. And so Lord, we come humbly, we come joyfully to your table, remembering that this is Christ's body broken for us. This is the blood of Christ shed for us. Would you come, would you receive?
story, Dr. Joe. Wow. What is, that's an amazing story. And that's exactly what the story of Christmas in Luke says, right? It says that this good news is for all the people, for all the people. And in the same way, when Jesus sat at the table with his friends, with Judas, who he knew would betray him sitting at the table, he gave it for all. He gave it for all the people, whether they would love him back or not because he's Jesus and because he is God. He doesn't think like us. And so when we come to the table, we remember. We remember that Jesus gave his life for us. We remember that he came to the world to be like us, but also to be God. So that when he died on the cross, when he was risen again, we could have hope, we could have peace. And so join me at the table now. If you take that little wafer in your hand, The night that Jesus was betrayed, he sat with his friends and he said, this is my body broken for you. Eat it in remembrance of me. And we eat together. 
And he also took the cup and Jesus said, this is my blood poured out for you for the remission of your sins, for you to be covered, for you to be made new. And we remember in Jesus' name, take and drink. Jesus, we thank you for your body and for your blood. Thank you, Jesus, that you gave your life. Thank you that you came different than anyone was expecting you to come, but it makes you so relatable to us, God. And Jesus, you came and then you gave your life in a way that no one expected and you rose again. And we thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice. We, we thank you, God, for what that means for us as we remember you this morning together with our friends here, with our family here. You are good and you are God. And we praise you, Jesus. Thank you. We love you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to have a prayer team down here. If you want to come forward for prayer for anything, I'll be down here as well as a team of people to pray with you or for you. If you're new or newish, or if you've been coming a while and you're not like on our email list, you have no idea, like, what? how did everybody know what's going on around here? We send out an email like every other week or so. Uh, would you fill out a visitor card? There's one, uh, Kelly will be back there at the table, or you can do the QR code on your chair. You'll learn about other things happening around here. We have a high school ministry called 633. It's, it meets on Wednesday nights. Uh, next Sunday, this is kind of fun. They're doing a bake sale. They want to raise money to do some outreach in the Manitou High School, so that'll be pretty cool. Uh, we have a men's ministry. Uh, we call it M3 Manitou Men's Ministry. Thursday, right here, 6.30. It's our Christmas party. We'll pray together. We'll have a meal together. It'll be a fun party. So if you're a man and you want to be a part of our Christmas party, you should definitely be here Thursday night, right here, 6.30. Uh, Christmas Eve services in, in just a couple weeks. Christmas is on a Sunday. We have Christmas Eve services at 2 and 4, and we do have a kids' ministry, so anyone 5 and under, you can be checked in so the little kids uh, can, can be in their own service downstairs. It'll be a shorter Christmas Eve service, but I pray that you'll be bold, like, like the little 5-year-old girl kind of bold, and just ask your neighbors, ask your friends, hey, are you going to join me at the 2 or the 4 for Christmas Eve service? Like you just be like radically bold, like a little, little tiny girl was, and see what the Lord does. So invite your friends to our 2 or 4 p.m. Christmas Eve services. Uh, we have a choir for Christmas Eve. So we're going to do a choir. Uh, you don't have to try out for this choir. We'll train you. And so there's a sign up in the back or you can join us uh, on December 19th. There's going to be a rehearsal. We're doing two songs for Christmas Eve uh, at both of those services. So we have a choir. And then like I already said, a parade. Manager Springs City Parade is tonight. So go home, eat some lunch, take a nap, come back. That's just what I'm going to do. And come back, be here at 340 and we'll park, we'll load up in the floats, and then we'll go through the city proclaiming the worship Christmas songs through the city that Jesus is Lord and God and Savior. Amen? Amen. One more announcement. Tomorrow night, we have another Bible study called Sound Minds. It's a Bible study on mental health. It's a discussion group about mental health. So right here, 6.30 tomorrow, as if we had uh, just tons of things going on in this community. So let me pray over us. Let me send us. Would you, if you're okay with it, would you open up your hands to receive a blessing from the Lord? Lord, we ask for your, for your blessing. Lord, we ask for a, a, a Christmas Holy Spirit guided blessing 
upon each and every one of our lives. Lord, may you bless us and keep us. May you make your face to shine upon us. Be gracious to you, to us. Lord, may you lift your countenance upon us and give us peace. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace.